Welcome to a Pain in the Glass podcast. This is Bill Shearhart coming to you from my walk-in closet in my home on the shore of Lake Huron in southern Ontario, Canada. A special welcome to those listening from international locations. Our topic today is power. So pull up a chair and join me behind a pane in the glass. The topic for today's episode of a pane in the glass podcast actually came from a question that was posed by someone on Facebook. They wanted to know how they could help curlers generate more velocity for their takeout shots. Well, interestingly enough, this is a a very common uh, task for instructors because most curlers feel there's really just kind of one main source of power, and that's leg drive. Clearly, as I said, it's the most obvious. And it's using the largest muscle group in the body, which is the quadriceps. And so a really strong push out of the hack certainly is the main source of power. But before we go on to some of the others, I want to say a little bit something about how you push out of the hack. Make sure that when you push out of the hack, it is with your leg. What happens sometimes is people try to get a little extra power by pushing with their foot, and that can cause a trail leg issue. Because so often when you push with your foot, you're going to push a little bit left or right and your trail leg starts swinging in one direction or the other. And the way to correct that is to not push with your foot. Make sure you push with your leg. The next source of power is how far you move your hips back. And that, of course, is in connection with your sliding foot because that's really the third source of power. So let me explain it kind of like this. If you are of a certain age, (laughs) like my age, you remember the old-fashioned pinball machines. And to activate that steel ball, there was a spring plunger. And the ball would get in front of the plunger. You'd pull the plunger back. And obviously, the further you pulled it back, the more velocity you could impart on the the metal ball and the pinball machine. Well, that's what's happening with your hips and your sliding foot. The farther back you move your hips, the more kinetic energy you can build up. Kinetic energy is just simply potential energy. Your sliding foot is going to move back as far as your hips for support. I mean, if you didn't keep your sliding foot under your hips, well, I hate to tell you this, you're going to fall down. (laughs) That's not a good idea. But the other benefit, and that's why I say hips back and sliding foot back are connected, is the further you move your sliding foot back, the more time that your sliding foot has to move forward and generate the kind of power that you want for your full takeout weight. It's like pulling that plunger in the pinball machine back as far as you can. So think of hips back and your sliding foot back as far as you can and still stay under control. Then the next source of power, again, deals with your sliding foot. There was a time as an instructor that we would never suggest that somebody lift their sliding foot off the ice. 
because it's really the only way that you should be connected to the ice. But hey, if you need extra power, besides getting your sliding foot well back, it's quite okay to lift your sliding foot off the ice so that you can get it moving forward as fast as possible. Now, a little bit about the position and the movement of your sliding foot. When someone asks me to help them with their delivery, and we go out into the ice and I can only see two or three deliveries due to a time constraint, the first thing I'm going to look at is the position and the movement of the sliding foot. It should always be straight back and straight out. And this leads to another point that I want to make. I sometimes hear well-intentioned instructors say, and you've got to get your sliding foot to the midline of your body for balance. Well, there's a problem with that. Actually, the instructor said exactly the right thing. You do want to get your sliding foot to the midline of your body. But if you're conscious of that, what happens so often is your sliding foot gets to the midline of your body and then keeps going. And you're sliding left to right or right to left, depending upon which foot is your sliding foot. No, this is something that your body does naturally. So I know I said, think about sliding foot moving straight back and straight forward. Well, it won't actually do that, interestingly enough, because that automatic system of maintaining balance is going to kick in. Your sliding foot will move gradually under your midline, just about your sternum, and you're going to have a nice, balanced, stable delivery. The next source of power, of course, pretty obvious here, is arm extension. Now, if you're going to use a lot of arm extension, you're going to have to practice this. Well, practice, what a novel idea, the P word. And it does take a lot of work to make sure that when you extend with your arm, that you're extending straight towards the skip's brush. And also you have to rotate the rock. And so that arm extension is going to be very important for some people to generate as much hit weight as they possibly can. The next source of power is one that we don't think of very often. It's shoulder drop. So along with arm extension, dropping the upper body forward under control will provide more power. If you remember Al Hackner, I just got back from Northern Ontario from the Scotties in Thunder Bay. And of course, Al was there. Al Hackner used this source of power with great success. Another source of power is release point. Well, think about this. The instant a curler leaves the hack, he or she begins to decelerate. You are moving more quickly at the back line than you are at the T line or at the top of the house or near the hog line until your slide eventually comes to its natural stop. Well, it stands to reason, therefore, that an earlier release will provide more power. But a note of caution, and I do suggest to curlers that they think about this technique because differing release points can really be a team issue. And there's going to be another podcast all about a team technical checkup and release points among the members of the team are going to be very important in that episode. Now, here's the last source of power, and these are in no particular order. And interestingly enough, this is actually the first source of power that I suggest people engage if they're looking for more 
velocity for their hit weights. Most people place their hack foot into the hack so that the toe of the, that foot touches the flat portion of the hack with the ball of the foot on the sloped portion. When one pushes from the hack, the last part of the hack foot to leave the hack is the toe, which for right-handed curlers using that popular left hack can be very well worn and quite smooth. For more power, here's my suggestion. Place your hack foot in the hack so that no part of your hack foot touches the flat bottom portion. The entire hack foot is now on the sloped portion. You will be amazed at the extra push you will get with your hack foot in that position. Many coaches insist that all shots be delivered from this elevated hack foot position to avoid slips. And as I said, I left the higher hackfoot position as the last one for a reason, as it's the first one I feel you should add to your power arsenal. For the vast majority of curlers, when they do, it's problem solved. Well, there you are, eight sources for power with the no backswing delivery. And no curler needs to engage all eight. Choose those that will work for you. Oh, by the way... Don't forget the P word, practice. Just a couple comments before I leave today's episode about takeouts. We get so concerned about weight control for draws, but we tend not to think so much about velocity for takeouts. And I make this statement when I'm working with teams or clinics, and here it is. More takeouts are missed, not because the player missed the brush, was wide or narrow. They threw the wrong weight. So when you're practicing weight control, don't neglect measuring, timing, however you empirically evaluate weight. Make sure you spend as much time doing that for takeouts as you do for draws. And my last comment is about line calling, which is why delivering the weight that the person in the house, whether it's the third, the mate, the skip, it's pretty difficult to call the line when you're expecting 10 seconds and it's 9 seconds, or you're expecting 10 seconds and it's 11 seconds. So if you find that line calling is a challenge, well, possibly, the problem is not judging the line and calling the brushing. It's the fact that you're not delivering with consistent weight. Well, that's a wrap for today. Remember, you really do have the power. It just might be in one of seven or eight different locations. So make sure you check them all out. Again, a big thanks to my sponsor, Canada Curling Stone, makers of fine curling products. Until next time, when we meet behind a pane in the glass, good curling.